Hey, what's up everyone? This is Tyler here with some excellent news. We've had some issues with uh, a couple of our live podcasts the last couple of months, so you might notice that we have been off the air, but I think I have figured that those issues out. So you are going to get a double bonus, a Christmas present, if you will, if you celebrate. Uh, Oren and I uh, managed to rescue our episodes from October and November. So this month you get two spectacular podcast shows. The first will be from our Halloween episode featuring the movie Ghost Watch and uh, some really fun ghost stories that Oren and I managed to tell one another and um, especially our dialogue about why Ghost Watch is an important film, a scary film, but an absolute ton of fun to watch. Uh, the audience was packed. It ended up being a fantastic night. We will hope that you join us in December at Stray Cat Film Center to watch us live. It's going to be uh, a really good time as we celebrate not a Christmas film. We always talk about Christmas films. We wanted to celebrate uh, the coming New Year because New Year's have been uh, at least an opportunity uh, to turn the past years around, and um, this one will be no different. So check us out at the Stray Cat um, this month here in December. So until then, sit back, listen, enjoy the Ghost Watch episode live from the Stray Cat. This will all be B-roll pre-show stuff, but like I don't know. I like I have a ghost story, like, I, and I feel like a lot of, a lot people, of people do. Yeah. Have seen some shit, man. You know, yeah. and uh, I, I don't know. Like I love, I love <laughs> to hear people's stories. On you know, yeah, because it, it it colors everything. I think so. Yeah. I don't know when we. Uh, we moved out of Kansas City for a couple of years into this really really old home. Uh, I mean, beautiful. It was really big, you know, really great. But uh, consistently, I would see this like this really tall dude carrying like a toddler, and they were always very friendly. But like, I'd see him all over that house, like in the middle of the <laughs> night, you know, whatever. And it was scary as shit the first few times. Yeah. But after that, you know, it was just like, oh, it's those guys, you know, <laughs> like just it's the people that, we're sharing the house with. I guess dude who shows up at our house sometimes, whatever. <laughs> right. With what appears maybe like a sick kid. <clears throat> I slept in my aunt's basement one time, and down the hallway was a room that I was supposed to stay in, and I didn't stay in it just because it was like, kind of spooky. And then at three, like forty, three thirty ish in the morning, I heard like I woke up to a sound. It sounded like AC noise in the attic or something, or like in the ceiling above me. As I walked towards it, it wasn't in the ceiling; it was in the room. Oh no, no. I freaked out and I turned all the lights on and it was this really old alarm clock that was going off. Uh, it was set for 7 a.m. It wasn't plugged into anything. It was uh, like somebody said it there. And I went and slept in the couch. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can, just, we can just not figure out what it is. Right. Cool. I, I can just assume it's something bad and, and, and it will be perfectly cool. Yeah. Well, I, I think now is as good as time to, uh, as any to get yeah. things started. Yeah. Uh, my name is Tyler Runcel. Uh, Maureen Gray. And we are the Horror Pod Class. Welcome to tonight's live episode post uh, Ghost Watch. Yeah. Uh, Halloween. Yeah. So, those of you that are new to the show, we will uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, kind of 
what is exciting us this week in the world of horror. Uh, and then we will move on to the main event where we'll reveal our essential question, which ostensibly we will attempt to answer, but we probably won't. We have never once answered that question. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, we'll maybe give you some recommendations about uh, if you liked what uh, you saw here, some other stuff uh, that you can check out. So I I think before we uh, even get that far, Andrew, if you want to. Yeah. So what are we watching? What are we reading? What's going on, uh, Oren? Uh, So I've been watching um, Guillermo Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities as it has been dropping a couple of episodes a day for the last couple of days on Netflix. Um, And so far it's really good. there's been like one one episode that was kind of a dud for me, but like I've seen five, so that's a pretty good track record. Um, like anything, it's it's an anthology thing where each episode has a different director. It actually reminds me a lot of Masters of Horror nice. that used to okay. come out. Like yeah, so it's yeah, fairly yeah. high budget, kind of glossy, um, but you know, a different director, totally different story each time. And uh, like anything like that, it's going to be kind of a mixed bag as far as like what works for me and what works, you know, doesn't just work as well, but. Yeah, it's been solid. It's been good stuff so far. So yeah. I recommend so, that. Um, so what's your favorite? What, what's your favorite uh, so one that you've seen? My favorite of the ones I've seen so far is the Pikmin's Model episode, which you just dropped this morning. Um, so I watched it this morning before I started work. Uh, and um, I really like that story anyway, but it's got some great monsters and uh, just some, some good visuals and everything. Um, so, so yeah, that was my favorite so far. Give us a, a nutshell. What is, uh, for, for those of us that don't know, what's the Pikmin's model? So Pikmin's model is a story by H.P. Lovecraft, and actually both of the episodes that dropped today are H.P. Lovecraft stories. The other nice. one streams in the Witch House, which I haven't watched yet. Um, but Pikmin's model is about uh, a painter who uh, paints these you know horrible, ghoulish uh, tableaus and... Um, you know, is revealed. I mean, spoilers for a story that's older than this country almost. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, but no, like, uh, you know, the, he paints these horrific tableaus that are revealed to be paintings from life. Like, he, he actually sees these horrible monsters and things, and that's that's sort of the, the you know. Rad. Yeah. Uh, the, the twist at the end, as it were. But um, it's a good, it's a good, it's been adapted a lot of times, but this one's really good. Love it. Um, oh, yeah, so uh, talk to us some um, about Clive Barker and Junji Ito. Yeah, so the other two things on my list are uh, are books, not not movies. I've been watching quite a bit of stuff for Halloween, but a lot of it's been older stuff. Um, but uh, I got the Clive Barker's Dark Worlds, which is like a coffee table book about the works of Clive Barker. Um, Anybody seen the new Hellraiser on Hulu? Yeah, it's it's just it's okay. Yeah. It's just okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's, it's a really, I haven't read much of it yet, but it's a really cool coffee table book that goes through like all the stuff he's done, not just his movies or his books, which is normally what things focus on, but like also like the video games he worked on, the comic books, the toys, all the different stuff. Love it. Um, so it seems pretty cool from what yeah. I've seen so far. And then I just got, like two days ago, the newest Junji Ito thing. Yeah, which, yeah, you know, yeah. The last episode we did, Uzumaki, of course. Um, and it, it, like, it is amazing how many manga fans came out for that. Like, <laughs> Junji Ito is... Uh, like more popular, like I think he could run for president yeah. and probably do better than some. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's it's uh, you know it's classic Junji Ito. Like it starts out weird and gets way weirder. So <laughs> sweet, I love yeah. it. Uh, very cool. Well, uh, I've started out with a book, uh, Josh Mollerman, who um, maybe a lot of people will know because of the Sandra Bullock vehicle. Uh, oh, oh, man. Bird Box. Bird Box, yep. Yeah. Where they have to blind themselves because they can maybe see this being from another dimension that, that causes them to kill themselves. Um, and a couple of movies. Number one, Soft and Quiet, which comes out this weekend. Uh, it is 
Uh, it's a fantastic movie. I describe it a little bit as green room meets a Tupperware party because uh, it's got like some Karen Nazis that are up to no good. It's very, very bleak though. Go into it. Like it is a reflection of our politics today, and uh, I enjoyed it. But man, I like uh, it was intense. It was a lot. What, so. Where is it coming out? Is it going to be on like Shutter? Yeah, or? it's on VOD, so okay. you'll have to really seek it out. Um, it is like an A twenty four like release though, so okay. it's going to get uh, at least a little bit of a theatrical release. Um, and then a ton of movies, but I really wanted to talk about Run, Sweetheart, Run, which everybody can see tomorrow, and it is a fantastic Halloween flick that will be streaming on Amazon. Um, it's got the lead actress, and I didn't write down her name, but uh, if you saw the new Resident Evil show on Netflix, the show itself was just okay. Uh, she is fantastic. It is kind of a demon movie, kind of a vampire movie, but I thought it was going to be a, a little bit icky when it came to the politics because it's mostly um, about a dude trying to get a woman. So I was like, oh, no. But turns into a fantastic monster movie. So okay. like the opposite of Soft and Quiet, <laughs> it is a ton of fun. Like I grinned through the last 45 minutes of it. But yeah, like okay. it is... It is a, a, a ton of fun. So check it out tomorrow, streaming on Amazon Prime. So. so welcome live this Halloween night to the first ever TV Ghost Watch. That's the scene in uh, Fox Hill Drive in Northolt. Our outside broadcast units are there. That's the house where it might all happen tonight, or it might not. We shall see. We're going to investigate one of the most baffling and fascinating areas of human experience, the supernatural. Tonight, television is going ghost hunting in an unprecedented scientific experiment we hope to show you for the first time irrefutable proof that ghosts really do exist. I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Lynn Pascoe to give her expert technical advice. Throughout the programme, I'll be taking other expert opinion about the supernatural from both here and America. You'll be telling us your ghost stories. And as our tale unfolds, we'll be taking your calls about just what you're seeing. Well, let's go to the main location of our programme, the house in Foxhill Drive. Craig Charles, that well-known ghost hunter, is our reporter. Craig, how are you? Hi, Michael. Yeah, I'm fine. I've taken the valley, man. Later on, we're going to be interviewing the medium who tried unsuccessfully to exercise the house behind me. I wonder who's heard from Elvis lately. However, with me is Pam Early, the mum of the house. Hello, Pam. And she's going to take us through the whole spine-tingling story. And after that, you can share with us your own supernatural experience on our very own Halloween witchboard. I mean, switchboard. Over to you, Smithy. All right. Our essential question today is, how does Ghostwatch fit into the pantheon of viral hoaxes? And before we talk to you some about those viral hoaxes, I want to know, Warren, like, this is, this is your baby. And I was like, oh, let's pick something so for Halloween. Well, why this one? I mean, I'd already picked something else, and like, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I realized that we could do this one, and I was just like, oh no, crap, we have to drop, like, scratch the old schedule I had made, and we have to do Ghostwatch. Like, I mean, everybody, uh, I think everybody was seeing it for the first time for the most part. I mean, it's, it's such an amazing experience, and like, it has such a weird history, and yeah. I feel like those two things together, like, it's, it's great to watch, it's really fun. 
Um, and then we have a lot to talk about because it has a lot of weird background. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of why, why I settled with that. Plus, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a Halloween. We had to do a Halloween movie and, yeah. uh, you know, it's a great one. Yeah. It's a, already done. it's a haunted house film that turns into a haunted <laughs> studio film that, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think really capitalizes, uh, and this is one thing we didn't include in our show notes, but it really capitalizes on that early to mid nineties, like, let us do this exploration of a thing, right? right. Uh, probably most famous uh, by Geraldo Rivera, who like totally broke into Al Capone's vault, right? And right. it was like, oh, all the riches and all, and there was like like nothing in it, right? Yeah. It was like <laughs> shit all of nothing, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was really popular. They did half a dozen of these, yeah. and, and uh, like this is the first fictional representation of it, and I think. Uh, very much the word of mouth that has become associated with the making of the film and how it was originally broadcast lends to its lore, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Andrew? Oh, ah, first question. <laughs> we want to give away all kinds of shit, all right? <laughs> so uh, we have a gift bag and a bunch of movies. Raise your hand if you can tell me this actress claimed this movie was her absolute favorite. In the back. Yeah. You got it. You got it. All right. I forgot to bring up my prizes, though. So. <laughs> and now he's just going to make a bunch of horrible noises and then never come back. <laughs> I was kidding about the never come back, but maybe I wasn't. All right. <laughs> you get all kinds of goodies, uh, including... A book of orins and there you go. That's yours, yeah. So uh I I picked this because it's so weird, right? Like why is the golden girl like this is it? But I think gives you that kind of broad appeal, man. It's not gruesome. We were talking about Terrifier 2, which has been all over the horror news. Yeah. Like, uh, space, and it's, like, gruesome and, like, bloody. And if you want to see people cut up, and that's cool. If that's your bag, that is totally fine. I don't think it's organized necessarily. But, like, I don't know. I think my son would enjoy it. I also think my, gra you know, my granddad might enjoy it. So <laughs> yeah. it gives you a sense of scope, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Next. All right. Oh, we'll skip. We'll we'll come back to this one. We won't give them <laughs> back to away. this one. We'll be, we have to come back to this one. Yeah, we'll come back to this one. But okay. Let's talk about let's talk about some of the details uh, of Ghostwatch. Okay. Well, um. So yeah, I've, I've talked about a little bit of this before the show, but like, uh, you know, it, it originally aired on Halloween night, nineteen ninety two. So the time that it was set, also, which you know, factored into the people buying into it thing. Um. So it was written by Stephen Volk, who is a you know horror uh, writer. Um, he wrote a, quite a, quite a lot of stuff, but uh, as far as screenplays go, he wrote the screenplay for Gothic, um, The Entity, a few other uh, sort of classic movies around this around the in the eighties. Um, but uh, originally, he conceived this as like a six part series that would have sure. been more obviously drama, like. Yeah. It was always going to be sort of a, a faux documentary. It was going to be about, like, you know, these um, paranormal investigators gradually unearthing bits and bits. And it was going to culminate in the way this was, where they, they went into the house and had a live broadcast and they got into the studio and all that stuff happened. And the people at the BBC basically were like, we're not going to do a six-part series. Let's do, let's do like, one 90-minute thing. And he's like, okay, well, if we're going to do one 90-minute thing, let's do it all that last episode. 
Um, and so they, they got the actual anchors from, you know, Michael Michael Parkinson was an actual host. Whoa! Hey, old poltergeist. Poltergeist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but Michael Parkinson was an actual, you know, sh- uh, show host. Uh, sure. Sarah Green was an actual uh, reporter who was actually married to Michael, or uh, whatever her husband's yeah, name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they got these actual people to do the show and, and scripted it and presented it more or less as an actual news broadcast, although yeah. um, it had the, the BBC was concerned about exactly what happened happening, um, so they made them put the opening titles so it was obviously um, fiction. Yeah. Um, well, I, I love the idea, right? At, yeah. at its core... The debacle that was when this film was screened, and it was very much a debacle, right? Like it yeah. was, it was not like a fun Halloween night for the BBC. <laughs> they they had to cover uh, a lot of their butts, right? And it was all a, a culmination of things that would seem normal. They were just perfectly. They were a set of circumstances that just happened to all be choices made. That led to a lot of the confusion. That ultimately led to the suicide of a of a real life person who yeah. saw this movie and was like, "Oh my God, I'm possessed by pipes or whatever." Yeah, we'll right? get to that. Yeah. We'll but like the first minute, being, yeah. if you make this a normal miniseries, it's great. I would tune in. It would be fantastic, <laughs> and we might still be talking about it. But you wouldn't have to synthesize it down into this ninety minute thing right. that doesn't have time for the media to be like. Oh yeah, we saw the first episode of this like really scary new show. Everybody was seeing it in live time. I mean, and in a lot of ways, them choosing to then pull it when the the controversy happened and never show it again, like added to oh, its yeah. legend rather than detracting from it. Like if they'd showed it again the next year, it probably would not have had the sort of you know mythological staying power that it's had. Um, but because, you know, they showed it once and then never again. And for a long time, the only way you could see it was people who had happened to tape it that first time. Which um, is an exceedingly small number of people, right? Yeah. Like, you got to have a VCR, you got to have it hooked up, right? Yeah. And so we'll get, uh, this is something we can talk about later when I talk about sort of its legacy more. But um, so a thing that happened over the years, uh, because they never, they never showed it again, there came to be this sort of unofficial thing that they called the national seance where um, on the, on Halloween night uh, people would uh, basically all watch the tapes they had made of it. And then like, you know, they'd, they'd call in to like, they'd have, they'd have a phone bank somewhere or they'd have message boards online or something. And so every year they'd be this sort of unofficial watch party essentially um for for this movie because the bbc never showed it again yeah Uh, well and this is virality in the media before like the internet really right so it really takes this this super special thing to happen right and uh you know it's loosely based off of the uh uh einfeld haunting right or infeld haunting uh most famously made by the conjuring 2 uh, but I think the house looks very similar, yeah. and there is a photo we didn't include it here. But when we get to my recommendations for what you need to watch next, the photos of the girls uh, hiding from the pillow or whatever it is yeah. that sent at them is from a very, very famous photograph of the Einfeld uh, right. haunting, where supposedly one of the girls in that is levitating. 
Yeah. Now, half of the people that were in the that were in the room say that she was levitating, and half of the other people say that she was jumping. But it's in this this liminal space between yeah. truths. Uh, one of the uh, but just one of the really interesting things about the Enfield uh, scenario is that we have a lot of data from it, right? Like, there's lots of photographs, there's lots of footage, there's lots of recordings, which means that when people fictionalized it, both in The Conjuring 2 and this, like, the reason The Conjuring 2 house and this house look almost identical is that we had so many photographs of the inside, right? Like, the bedrooms of the girls, you'll see, you know, the the bedroom of the girls, and then in that photo, they match the real photo, They and and therefore the one in this matches the one in The Conjuring, like, they look very similar because we had all this documentation of the real haunting that we could go back and base it off of. Yeah, which yeah. is the world that we live in now, right? right. We can document everything <laughs> with that thing you carry in your pocket, which in some ways is, is liberating when it comes to like messages of social justice. We can catch people you know, that are, that are typically authoritarian slime balls or whatever. Right. But also, like, man, we can document when weird shit happens, and it yeah. still does. So, next. Right. Uh... Yeah, I, I just included that line because I like that line a lot. Yeah, right. Like uh, <laughs> Pipes is a bad dude, man. Yeah, uh, I will tell you, f- f- real small nitpick. Now, having seen this a, a dozen times, it kind of does riff on that early '90s, like really early '70s and '80s. Like, uh, there's some uh, icky kind of trans stuff where it's like, I don't think maybe they're a woman, and you know, and like seems yeah. unnecessary. I think we can just make him a bad pedophile guy, and that's right. good enough. Well, we don't need that. Like, yeah, and, and it has layers to it, like, where on the one hand, I mean, not to, not to you know, pigeonhole the British, but the British <laughs> especially are weird about trans stuff in their media. They have a lot of, like, cross-dressing and stuff in their media um, that we just don't have that tradition of here for whatever reason. Um, but, like, both, it is both, like, a, is the guy, you know, trans or whatever, but also, like, he's... Mother Seddon's. Right. Like he is both himself possessed. and also yeah. the ghost. Like, yeah. the, the the idea being that, that Pipes is not one ghost, but rather a Russian nesting doll of ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and they call her, what are they, what is her job? It's something, it's like an old-timey term for a daycare. Oh, baby farmer, yeah. Baby farmer, what the yeah. fuck, man? Yeah. Like, where are you taking your kids? I'm taking them to the baby farmer? Yep. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, Calm what? down, Look, Calm we down, were, man. We were, uh, you know, we were real casual about that shit back then. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, baby farmers, you gotta take care of them. Next. All right. So, some other viral hoaxes, and this is this is my shit. Sorry, look at that, man. Man, poltergeisty all left and right. What is is it sitting on something? Yeah, it's fine. Just knock it off the table. Right, right. We don't need that anyways. Uh, Yeah, so this is kind of my jam, right? Uh, My father collected uh, classic comic books, right? And the first one he ever gave me was War of the Worlds, right? And I was like, oh, my gosh, sign me up for all of this. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I, I think it's pretty well documented, when War of the Worlds came out, it was a radio show. People completely lost their minds, yeah. right? And very similar to this show in a lot of ways. Like, in order for the War of the Worlds to be credible as a real radio show, you had to only tune in for part of it. Yeah. Because, like, the beginning, they tell you it's fake, just like this does. And then about 20 minutes from the end it switches format so that it's not even pretending to be a radio show anymore. It's just a guy narrating. And so, like, you have to have only tuned in for that, like, 30 minutes or so, somewhere in that window, 
to have bought it and then panicked and tuned back out. Yeah. That's the only way it's credible. And I think similarly, like, Ghostwatch is credible as long as you miss both the beginning and the ending. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, I think hits on maybe, oh, shit, uh, you, you guys may be witness to uh, the best episode ever. Maybe we're going to answer it. Uh, the idea of virality when it comes to these hoaxes relies on people calling up their relatives, right? right. Mom, you got to check out this shit that's on TV, right? And mom is like, oh, my gosh, right? And now you have five people that have called five other people, and now you have 35 people that were all late to the show that think some serious business is going on. Right. You know? and, and, like, they're seeing a part of a thing, and they have a part of a thing from their relative or whatever, right? Yeah, so they right. basically played a game of telephone with the thing. And then, in the case of Ghostwatch and War of the Worlds both, the other key element is you don't still have the thing two seconds later, right? Yeah. Like, you can't, you know... You can't verify. Right, like, when you when you watch Ghostwatch, I'm sure everybody noticed, you see Pipes, like, a million fucking times in Ghostwatch, right? Like, he's in the background of every damn shot, practically. Um, but, like... You know, we now can really notice that. I've watched it several times. Tyler's sure. watched it several times. You can spot him, and there's, like, websites that go through all the times and show freeze frames of every time he appears. Um, and it's a lot. It's a lot. It's <laughs> it's constantly. Um, but, you know, in 1992, you wouldn't have had that, right? You would have you would have thought you saw him, but you couldn't go back and check. You couldn't rewind. You couldn't go, shit, did I see that or did I not? And we weren't as used to the tricks you pull with found footage movies, right? Like, we've seen a million of these now. But they wouldn't have had as many then. And so people would have been like, shit, did I just see that? Yeah, that right. Real? Did like, you see that, did mom? You see did that? you mom? see that? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. yeah, right. And so you're talking about it. You know, you're building it up in your mind. Yeah. Well, so. and all of these hoaxes remind me, in the, and I, I should have looked it up, but I didn't. In the early 90s or late 80s, they did a version kind of of Ghostwatch, but it was a newscast, and there were these series of asteroids that were coming in, and they may or may not have been spaceships, and it was all done in newscast, and every time they went in and out of commercial, they would have a little disclaimer. And it was like, you know, whatever. But still people lost their minds about yeah, it, you know? I don't remember that one. But yeah, yeah, oh, that was good. I should look um, I should have put it on the list if, if I'd known about it. I know, yeah. I know. Like, not all of these were actually hoaxes. Um, I put some things in here that, like, people believed were real, even though they were never tried to be passed off as real. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, like Cannibal Holocaust. Like Cannibal right? Holocaust, which kind of did both. Um, but yeah, so Cannibal Holocaust was basically, I mean, most people are probably familiar with it, but it was basically the first found footage movie. Uh, but it, it's notable on this list because, like the movie we just watched, it essentially had to prove in court that it was uh -huh. fake. Yeah, like uh, they arrested Diodato, right? Yeah, they arrested yeah. they arrested the director, um, and and he was kind of in trouble because uh, at being the first found footage movie, essentially they had they had sort of pumped it up as being real um, to some extent, and so he, in order to sort of sell that, he paid all their actors to just disappear for a while, like just make themselves scarce, don't be in anything, you know, leave town, whatever, like you know. Um, so then when he got hauled in, he needed to prove that they were still alive, and so they had to track them back down. And it was not all that easy, yeah. you know, because he was like, hey, man, you got to stay out of the way, right? right. And so a very famous, uh, I'm sure if you were remotely end of scary movies, maybe you've seen a picture of Cannibal Holocaust. There is a woman with a pike sticking out of her mouth, right? Uh, it's very famous yeah. still from that. Uh, 
they made that person come in, right? And yeah. they found her, and they they held her up against that and made them explain the special effect and all yeah. that. And the special effect's pretty badass. Like, especially... Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good special effect. Yeah, but, like, it was serious, man, yeah. and, and people were really nervous about it. And uh, the guinea pig is somewhat less well-known, but similar situation. Um, it was a Japanese film. The guinea pig series are all sort of... They're almost like art films, just really gory art films. They barely have plots. Um, they're just sort of short effects reels almost. Um, but but the, the famous one uh, was the second one. Um, there's six of them, I think. And uh, But the, the second one, Charlie Sheen, of all people, uh, <laughs> saw, saw like a, a, you know, just a dubbed off tape of it from somewhere and believed he'd seen an actual snuff film. Oh, and, God. And of so course, he, right. he got the FBI involved. And, you know, the FBI... This is all coked up, Charlie right, Sheen, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, the FBI actually, you know, pulled in people and, and there were charges and everything to try and determine if this was an actual snuff film. And again, it had to be proven that it was not real. Um, nice. So, yeah, and so that... And then Alien Autopsy is an actual hoax yeah, um, that, yeah. that tried to pass itself off as a news broadcast. Um, and it's really, like, here's the thing, right? <laughs> Uh, Ghostwatch is fantastic. Alien Autopsy is not good. <laughs> like yeah, it, it is great, great for its camp, right? But you're like, what? Like the the rubber body is really squishy. But I remember, I remember that one. Like yeah. that one, oh, I remember. Yeah. And people thought it was real. Like yeah. people were people were sold. I think it might have been on the Sci-Fi Channel originally. No, it was on Fox. Oh, okay. It was on Fox. Ah, was, right, there, good, there, there was no Sci-Fi Channel ah, yet right, at right, that right. time. It was on Fox. I think you can still catch it on Sci-Fi Channel every now and then. Obviously, the Blur Witch Project, which uh, we have done an episode about, and I think yeah. we've talked about at great length. The only thing of import there, I will say, is uh, I have a fondness for that movie, but uh, I teach class every summer where I introduce 20 horror films to a bunch of high school kids, and what I think is great about uh, screening all of these movies with them is you get to see how they change and what they like, what they don't like. They fucking hate Blair Witch Project. <laughs> they hate it. I mean, a lot of people fucking hated it then. That's true. Frankly. I loved it then. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is? <laughs> the sequel. The sequel. Oh, okay. I have not seen the sequel in so long. I love the last broadcast, which came out actually a year before and is way better and way more interesting, I think. Uh, and then, yeah, Oren and I's favorite topic uh, are clown sightings. <laughs> is, is that our favorite topic? I don't know. I, we, I feel like we screened movies two or three years ago, and, like, every fucking movie somebody pitched to us was, like, a killer clown. <laughs> we were like, oh, my God, enough, yeah. enough, yeah. right? But it was all over, yeah. you know, in, uh, like, Minnesota or I mean, Wisconsin. It was a couple somewhere. different places, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Even better. Yeah, they're just creepy clowns sitting on there with their balloons yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, very good. Next. Yeah, um, and so these are just kind of, uh, I, I loosely call them hoaxes, right? I don't want to be a non-believer, but... Uh, I mean, I feel like Amityville, you're pretty solid. Yeah, right? <laughs> Which is, uh, like, the the kids, the kids these days. But uh, my, my children that I teach in the summer love the Conjuring movies, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, you know, the the two inspectors, you know, the... Yeah. The, uh, the Warrens. Yeah, the Warrens, right? Yeah. Uh, they're they're fascinating, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, they are. They are all of those things. But they are also fucking hucksters, right? Yeah. They are also in it to make all kinds of money. 
and uh, both, in fact, all three of those hauntings, uh, they made a shit ton of money off yeah. of, right? Yeah. And, you know, kind of off of the back of people that were struggling in real ways. And, I like, I, I mean, you got to reckon that, right? Yeah. You got to make peace with all of those things. So, also, I'm making a pitch now. We need to see Amityville. We need a screen here. It's like Amityville 6 back in time. It's got the haunted clock. Oh, like, uh, 1982. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, like yeah, four. Yeah. That's like okay, four. Okay, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love it, love it. Also want to do a screening. Andrew's down. So yeah, yeah, join us. Yeah. No, maybe yeah. not next time. But, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Next time, we'll <laughs> kick whatever was next yeah, time right. off. No, thanks. All right. Okay. So talk to us. I, mean, I think we've done a little bit of this already, but uh, the, the phone number thing, I think, is particularly intriguing, right? Because yeah. it's one of those things. We talked about... So many choices had to be made to lead to all of these bad things happening. Chief amongst them being putting a real freaking number yeah. down there uh, for people to record their real yeah. stories. And so we talked about this a little bit before the show when we weren't recording. But, um, yeah, so the, the number that you see on the screen is, is as I told everybody already, the, the real phone number that the BBC used at that time for any time they had a call-in show. Um, and so when people called in, they got... The first thing they heard was a recording telling them that this was not real. So that, that would have helped the, the panic. The problem with that was they got so many calls that it overloaded the switchboard. And so people just got busy signals instead. So they tried to call that number. Just, just as freaky. Right, right. They tried to call that number and they got a busy signal always. And so people panicked, right, because they couldn't get through. So it was actually worse than if they had, because like they had this, they had this thing where you called in and you were like reassured. Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, calm down. Except Nothing's that really happening Except their here. phone bank got overwhelmed, and so then it just led to more panic instead. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think what's important, or at least the stuff that I've read about that number, is it was it was put there intentionally uh, to collect real, real scary stories, real yeah. ghost stories yep. from folks in England. You know, like, hey, it's, it's Halloween. Tell us your favorite creepy thing, which I've uh, conceptually we talked about before the show. I love that idea. That is so good, right? Yeah. But it's a choice. It's another choice that led to this really. So, so speaking of the choices, I didn't put this in the notes, but we have to talk about the choice they didn't get to make. Um, there's a bit in the movie toward the end where they talk about all the people calling in with all the, the things that are happening, their clocks stopping and, and glasses breaking and whatnot. One of the things they mention is people's pets freaking out, right? Originally, in the pitch for this, they wanted to put in a tone in the film that would play at certain times <laughs> yeah, of course. that was so high-pitched that humans couldn't hear it, but it would agitate pets. Of course, yeah. Why but not? it turned out that their... Uh, Broadcasting equipment has a limited range of tones, so they couldn't put it in. Uh, so they, they missed that one, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I don't know. Give, given it. the way it turned out, it may be good that they weren't able to do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and that's the thing, right? Like, uh, this may not be your favorite movie. It's certainly one of ours. But it definitely has moments that are terrifying, right? Oh, yeah. Like, the first time you see her face in real life all, like, cut up and whatever, it's terrifying. Yeah. And... I, I think it initially was billed as this kind of like, hey, if you're done trick-or-treating or whatever the hell you're doing in England on Halloween night, right? Like, uh, sit down with your family. Enjoy this kind of spooky folktale, right? And now you have these children who are terrified on this program and all of these other little kids that are like, holy shit, this pipe's coming for me next, right? right? Yeah. 
And like, and I mean, it does the it does the thing that it eventually does. Where I mean, for two two things. One, like it's 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 a very cheesy movie for a lot of its running time, because it has to be to sell the idea that this is real. Because a real news broadcast, we've all seen real news broadcasts, they're cheesy as fuck, right? Like, um, you know, a real news broadcast about this subject would be would be this cheesy. They'd be they'd be this flippant about yeah, the subject. They course. would they would they would include all the the bad jokes and the the sort of disarming tactics and everything. And and the movie has that for like an hour of its ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Almost nothing happens. They're they're very slowly accruing this thing. And then all it goes to shit. And when it does all go to shit, it implies that it's not only going to shit for them, it's actually coming for you. Yeah, right. Like, Through the screen. Right, right? Like, like literally by house. watching this, you are now haunted too. Yeah. And I mean, that, that, that one-two punch of like, this seems so innocuous and then goes so apocalyptic Yeah, is, I think, a big part of what makes it work. Yeah, no, uh, and, and I think... Hints at what we talked about before, that idea of virality, right? right like, yeah. uh, it is not just uh, an idea that is impacting single people. But right. if you know it, if you know it, that could be enough. Right. So. Yeah. And uh, oh, one more thing oh, before, yeah. we, before we move on. Just um, it also, like, who they picked to do things affected how it worked, too. Like, Sarah Green did a lot of stuff, um, including a lot of children's programming. Uh-huh. Um, which, again, a number of, of adults let their kids watch the show, even though it was after the 9 o'clock watershed. Right. Um, which they mentioned, um, because she was on it. Right. right? Um, but also, like, so it, it was a Saturday, I think, is when it ran uh, that, that year. Um, and the following Monday, by then, BBC was already starting to get <laughs> they were trouble. all like, oh, we screwed up. Uh... Um, and so she, like, appeared on a children on the BBC Children's Program that Monday morning to basically tell people, hey, I'm not locked in a cabinet. Like, I'm fine. That was fake. I'm not dead. Um, come, come watch your cartoons again. Right, yeah. Pipes won't kill you. <laughs> yeah. right. a- Andrew, let's go back to that other trivia. Oh. Yeah. Now, now, this is where we're putting that trivia? Okay, good. Yeah, why not? Uh, so, yeah, Michael Parkinson's favorite singer is that guy. Who's that guy? Oh, right here. I got it right here. You got it. You got it. All right. I heard two Rod Stewart, so I'll let you have first pick, and we'll give you the other one here. Uh, I have a copy of the unrated director's cut of Rob Zombie's Halloween, which is actually, I think, one of the better ones. I'll go with that one. All right. And then you get... I will also tell you that Orphan First Kill is a ton of fun. I've heard, is, I've heard, I've heard good one. stuff about it. I don't know if it's better than the first one. It was way better than I thought it was going to be, but uh, yeah, my. Uh, well, I'm on Ah, but the first one's actually pretty like fun it. too. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good too. Okay, so now now we can move on to the next one. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so long story short, like we've talked about, uh, like shit was completely unwatchable for (laughs) five or ten years. Like you had to physically own a copy that you made yourself. Pretty much, yeah. It it got very few home video releases ever. Um, It was shown in other countries, but the BBC never showed it again. It wasn't actually banned anywhere, but the BBC just didn't show it. Like you don't have to ban something if you control its distribution rights, right? right? You can just not show it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so, you know, uh, it, it was very unwatchable. Also, uh, when we'll, we'll get to some of the, the repercussions of the show, but, like, they got hit with some lawsuits 
which led to them, among other things, issuing an apology for having showed it. Yeah. Which, like, here's the thing. Come on, man. Like, we show a lot of questionable stuff on occasion. Nowadays, like, nobody would apologize for that shit. We would just continue. We would just motor through it. I mean, like, well, I guess that kid shouldn't watch it. Uh, Yeah, or whatever, right? I mean, oh, sucks, right? And I think that definitely has changed. As Some of it is a British sensibility that maybe we don't possess here, but... Also, I just think things have changed. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and it's partly things have changed and also partly that you don't have the equivalent of the BBC as such a, like, everyone watched this show. Yeah, right, like, right, 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 right. It couldn't you know, exist. This, this kind of thing. This was, this was in the days when there were, like, four channels, right? right? Like, everyone watched this show. It was the channel. Yeah. It was the only thing on TV, practically. And so you wouldn't have that kind of, that watershed of people of, like, so many people being mad, so many people being on the same page yeah. anymore because, you know, it would show on, on Fox or on one channel and, right. and you know, maybe a tenth of the population watches that channel, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. It, yeah, oh, it, this is completely off topic. But uh, there, there's a great new documentary out. I'm trying to get Andrew to show it here uh, called Lynch Oz, which is about uh, David Lynch uses uh, The Wizard of Oz in, like, every piece of, of uh film he's ever directed and the idea is pieces of film like this are so ingrained in our psyche because back in the day they said not the first time the wizard of oz showed but the the year after right it was like the day before thanksgiving or whenever it was that everybody watched it Mm -hmm. and they said like over 70 percent of households that had a tv at the time were watching wizard of oz Right. right it was this cultural phenomena that again there there was literally a period in you know history then it was most of tv like the last few years the only time it it wasn't where there were literally less than a half dozen channels right yeah right everyone watched the same thing and so this is like it or not yeah this is a manifestation (laughs) of that now there's so much great shit out there that orin will be like hey did you watch that i'd be like dude i don't even know if i have that streaming channel you know like it's it's on peacock what the fuck is peacock oh it used to be paramount plus i understand they're two different things but you know like that's how i feel i'm constantly oh yeah no i i like so over the last month i like turned on and off like three different streaming services (laughs) so i could watch like one movie yeah but. I just I need all of them to be there. Yeah, so uh, people got P- uh, PTSD and so, yeah. uh, ultimately Martin Denham. Yeah, so uh, so we'll talk about PTSD real quick. Um, so yeah, the, the the British Medical Journal actually cited two cases of children having PTSD from having watched this show, like ten year old boys, I believe, in both cases. Um, and then there were several others that like reported the same thing, but weren't weren't like written up in the journal specifically. Um, and uh, according to the journal, it was the first case of PTSD ever being caused by a television program. Okay. Um, Maybe I'll believe it. Yeah. Know. But, uh, and then you get to Martin Denham, which was a, uh, an 18-year-old. Uh, the, the descriptions of him uh, suggest he had, like, a learning disability, perhaps. Um, okay. It's, you know, it was 1992, so the terminology they used was different. Right. It's a little hard to Probably say. Probably not great. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... Uh, whatever the case may be, he he uh, took his own life and left behind a suicide note that suggested that he thought ghosts were after him. Basically, Yikes. he he referred to the show um, explicitly and uh, discussed ghosts. Um, and, and to be fair, uh, things have changed. But if uh, like somebody killed themselves over Terrifier Two or something, and like left, uh, like this shit would stop showing. <laughs> you know, like AMC. It would, it would be certainly like. like 
maybe we will something would happen yeah i feel like it would both stop showing some places and other places they would use it in the marketing oh yeah right (laughs) like it it would only show at midnight at like uh, the stray cat right or you know whatever (laughs) (laughs) andrew's like i don't know maybe uh um but yeah so and that that was actually uh so he he took us on five days after the show and that was the the actual um lawsuit that the BBC was brought was his parents brought essentially a wrongful death Yikes. suit against the BBC. That's intense. Yeah. Uh, next for us, Andrew. All right. So uh, we've reached uh, kind of the end of the program, the last section that we do. Uh, we hope to give you, we, we call it Four Corners, or essentially uh, two movies that you could also screen alongside this that would make great double features. Uh, I cheated this time, so I did a movie and a book, but you did the right thing. What did you pick? Um, so I really struggled, actually, on this one, because I, I really love Ghostwatch, and there's not really anything else like it. Um, I was quick. I quickly got Cater Mass in the Pit, which, honestly, you could do pretty much any Nigel Neal movie. Um, Nigel Neal was a British writer who did a lot of really interesting stuff with um, with media and like the way media was consumed at the time he was writing. Um and uh, both the original Cater Mass Experiment and Cater Mass in the Pit end with these very dramatic broadcasts of things um, that, like, both, you know, are, are happening within the movie but also sort of implicate the act of watching it in weird ways, which I, you know, yeah. felt like was a really good uh, juxtaposition with Ghost Watch. Sure. Um, and then uh, finally, after some after some dithering, I, I settled on the WNUF Halloween special. That's great. It's fantastic. Um, which yeah. is and again available is, on Shutter, I think too. I yeah. believe so. Yeah, and and it's you know it's essentially the same thing as Ghost Watch. It's a fake news broadcast. It just never pretended to be real, right? As it were. But it, it's got like fake commercials and everything for those seven scenes. And the, the fake commercials are honestly the best part. Yeah, they're, oh, they're I so agree. good. Like it, these, it, it captures that kind of Halloween spirit that yeah. I think Ghostwatch does. Yeah, yeah. there are yeah. these there's these like fake regional commercials. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think probably the most interesting thing about Ghostwatch and this genre of horror movies is the idea that there there is always a uh, a media person that is looking to exploit the pain of a family, right? So uh, I picked The Conjuring 2 very clearly because I think it fits well within the uh, kind of uh, infield house, right? But I think the way more interesting uh, choice for me is A Head Full of Ghosts, which is a book by Paul Tremblay that came out, um, I don't know, seven years ago, it looks like. <laughs> Paul Tremblay just wrote uh, the book called Cabin at the End of the World that is now just called A Knock at the Cabin, which is M. Night Shyamalan's newest film. Uh, he's fucking fantastic. Uh, he's been on the, the show before um, and, uh, like, amazing, amazing. Uh, well, I mean, a movie version of Headful of Ghosts has been in development hell of some kind yeah. for, you know, years now. Um, I hope eventually we will get one, but we'll yeah. see. <laughs> but the premise of A Headful of Ghosts, there are two daughters. Uh, it's from the perspective of the younger daughter. Uh, the older daughter has been possessed, right? And A&E goes in to document the possession, right? And mostly... Uh, the dad doesn't think she's possessed, but thinks she's mentally ill, but sees a dollar. And so he's like, oh, man, I can melt this for, you know, however much money because I just lost my job. And uh, the entire book operates in this liminal space between whether or not she has something wrong with her mentally or whether or not there is something drastically wrong, uh, culminating in a fantastic exploration of... uh, 
of that photograph, essentially, that I mentioned before. Is she floating or is she jumping? And, uh, yeah, like, Paul Tremblay's stuff, they, they call him the master of ambiguity because he <laughs> offers you absolutely no solutions and only questions. And I think Ghostwatch... Like, that's what it does, right? The kind of sing-songy nursery rhyme at the end that Mm. uh, Parkinson is saying, it's just fucking terrifying. And I think Head Full of Ghosts uh, gets that perfectly. So, Andrew? All right. Happy Halloween. Uh, If you have any questions, if you have any comments or any of that, you can reach us. Andrew, if you'll flip to the next one. Yeah, uh, you can send all of those to me at Tyler at SignalHorizon.com. This is all a product of Signal Horizon. Uh, I'm a teacher. Signal Horizon was uh, started by a bunch of teachers. We think teachers should be using horror in the classroom because we know uh, our teenagers especially love this shit, right? There is a reason why you can make a horror movie for $100,000 and make $10 million off of it, and that's because uh, that's where they're at. So uh, we're always looking for ways that we can use horror in the classroom. Uh, But, yeah, send me your comments, your questions, your requests. Uh, We will be here at the Stray Cat in perpetuity, as really long as yeah. yeah, as long as Andrew will will keep letting us show movies, <laughs> uh, you can totally send it there. Where can they find more of your stuff? Uh, I am Orin Gray on everything: uh, Twitter, Letterboxd, Instagram, all that shit. Um, I got a new book. Yes, you do. Out, Talk uh, to us about the new book. Sometime I thought it was supposed to be out this month, and I guess it's still possible. You got a couple of days left. It right. can happen. It, yeah, yeah. It seems unlikely. Um, so we ran into some some supply chain issues and that kind of stuff, but it should be out any day now. Like, literally everything is done. It's at the printers. It's just a matter of, like, when it ships at this yeah. point. Uh, it's called How to See Ghosts and Other Figments. It's my fourth short story collection, all, you know, spooky spooky stories. Um, and, uh, yeah, it should be out any time. I was hoping to have copies tonight, but alas. Yeah. Well, I will say Paul Tremblay is the master of ambiguity. Uh, Warren is the master of Halloween. Like, he, <laughs> he is able to write in such a way that you feel like you are eight, seeing all of those scary monsters for the first time. So if you <laughs> haven't checked out uh, his stuff, uh, you absolutely should. So Thank you. Well, I think uh, until we see you, oh, next month, I should say, yes. next month we are going to show a movie probably no one has seen, but I, I fucking know. love it. It is uh, a weird found footage film uh, called Yellow Brick Road, which is... All about a lost, um, like a, a, a lost city, right, or colony in the in New England that disappears, like Roanoke, and a group of filmmakers that uh, walk this path in the woods uh, that they supposedly walk. And that is November twenty third. November twenty third. All, All right. right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's got some gnarly, like, death stuff. So, yeah, why not? Sure. Sounds good. All right. Well, until we see you back for Yellow Brick Road, uh, class dismissed. Thanks so much for coming. We appreciate it.